0: This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you, they're not done yet. Welcome in. We are live here on this Thursday, back in the saddle, and so great to be with you. As you can tell, if you're watching here on our YouTube channel, I am refreshed. I look sprightly, and I've got a wonderful tan. So uh, it is great to be back in the saddle with you guys. Certainly enjoy um, being with you after a nice vacation, and thanks to John Michaels for filling in while I was gone. Give us a follow on Twitter at ATL. Of course, you can follow me at Mark Zino, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. We've got a lot to do in the show here today. Uh, We're going to get into the NBA and the Atlanta Hawks and where they're going to go and what their situation looks like because I still think there's some more to be done. And as we record this here in the middle of the day on Thursday, on Thursday, there could be a lot that happens by the time you're actually listening to this. So I'll keep my fingers crossed that everything is, is up to date. Uh, we've got alignment, college football alignment to get to. I've got an idea that's going to save both the Pac-12 and the ACC together, and why college football should take a little bit of a, a nod from the Live Tour. We'll get to that coming up. But I do want to start with the Atlanta Braves, and a reminder reminded that the, this segment of our show brought to you by our good friends at BlueNile.com. But I want to start with our Atlanta Braves because they win again last night. They now won three in a row against the St. Louis Cardinals. They're 49-34. Uh, and they are just two-and-a-half games out of first. And I went back and looked at it. May 31st, they were ten-and-a-half games out. They have made up an eight-game difference in basically five weeks. It's pretty impressive. Uh, if you make up an eight-game difference uh, in the last week of August through the end of September and clinch a playoff berth or win a division, people talk about that historically, right? Um, this team has done amazing. Uh, they have now scored more runs this year than the New York Mets have. Uh, they've only given up five less runs than the New York Mets have. It has been a, a phenomenal turnaround for them, and and they're not done yet. And I think there's something that Braves fans have to consider. You saw Eddie Rosario come back in the lineup last night, hits a home run, and he looks really good. Uh, and it's a very small sample size. But I just want Braves fans to start thinking about what is in front of them and, and what – is up against the idea of winning back-to-back titles. Because as I've said, and I've said this repeatedly, it is not easy to win back-to-back titles. It is very, very tough. There's a reason why it hasn't happened in over 20 years. And so the Braves and Anthopoulos have to be as aggressive this year as they were last year in order to win this thing. But here's the thing. Look at this roster – and where they are right look at this roster and and the good problems that Brian Snitker has in front of him cuz when you think about this and you think about you know how this team is going to continue to play you got five outfielders right now uh, Acuña, Duval, Harris, Rosario and I guess Ozuna yes already is on the roster but you know, Ozuna will play occasional outfield. Doesn't have to anymore. You can go back to being a DH. But even at that, Acuna, Duvall, Harris, and Rosario. Who's the odd man out? Right. Uh, I mean, having a fourth outfielder like that is really, really good. Now, is Rosario willing to be the odd man out? Yeah, maybe. Um, who has more power? Duvall does. Who hits for better average? Maybe it's Harris at this point. You know, I mean, Harris is going to be your everyday center fielder, right? Like, I, I think we've sort of. Figured that out from a defensive standpoint. He's the best guy there. Although, Duvall, didn't he want to go glove? Like, these are all the issues that the Braves have in front of them. Um, And you look at the idea of how does this team get better? Now, the, the infield feels really set. Olsen at first. You know, when Ozzy Albies comes back, he'll be at second. Right now it's Orlando Garcia. Um, Riley at third. Swanson at short but I'm going to propose something that's going to blow your mind here coming up in a little bit. But you look at the starting staff. Is it fair to say at this point in time that maybe Anderson and Morton would not be starting in the postseason? Right? Wouldn't you feel like it would be Freed, Strider, and Wright as your three guys right now? Because that's kind of what it feels like. Now, is there an upgrade available to that? I think there are a lot of arms out there. And what do you trust in the postseason? Do you trust Kyle Wright in the postseason? Do you trust Spencer Strider, who's never pitched in the postseason, in the postseason? Do you want to give the ball to Morton? How much better do you want to be? Does the bullpen continue to need to get better? There are tons of changes that you can make. And you could argue, and and this is prisoner of the moment stuff, you could argue that Touching the Braves right now the way they've played is a bad idea. And I get it because they have made up a ton of ground, right? They have made up a ton of ground since the beginning of June. And you don't want to mess with that. But I would still argue, are they the best team in the NL right now? Forget record-wise for a second. Objectively, are are they the best team? No. How much better are they than the Mets? Coin flip. Are they better than the Brewers? Probably. Are they good enough to beat the Dodgers? Maybe. Who knows? I mean, there's there's a lot of things that are uncertain at this point in time. From a numbers standpoint, you know, the Dodgers pitching staff is a lot better than the Braves. Now, maybe some of that is because the Braves struggled in the beginning of the year uh, and they're just getting around to being good. Uh, the other part of this is, is that You know, getting through the postseason, getting to the postseason and getting through the postseason are two different things. Do you have enough to get through the postseason is what matters to this team. And I'm interested to to, to see this, and I'll throw this out there real quick. And I just want you to to think about it before you reject it. If there was an option to go get another high-level starter, a definitive high-level starter, where you could trade away – a Charlie Morton, um, or maybe even an Ian Anderson, who's a lot younger, right? Trade away an Ian Anderson, uh, and get this, folks, Dansby Swanson, whose contract is expiring. Are you content with a better high-level starter uh, that goes in there, and Orlando Arcia plays short as you're, and bats at the bottom of the lineup where he has been, and you get better in the pitching staff. Now, losing Swanson is a tough pill to swallow, but that may happen regardless. That's the kind of aggressiveness that Alex Anthopoulos has exuded. And I'll give you a, a sort of flashback to where it worked for another team. You guys remember what happened in 2004? The Boston Red Sox won the World Series. Remember what they did in the middle of that season? Yeah, they sent five-time All-Star, more Garcia-Parr, to the Chicago Cubs before the trade deadline. Five-time All-Star. Nomar! The pride of the franchise at that point in time. The guy that they had built around. Nomar! And they traded him away. And where did it do? It netted a World Series. That was a team that was a game away from the World Series the year before. An extra inning game against the Yankees the year before. You could have argued they didn't need to make a single trade. They did. They got worse at shortstop and got better everywhere else. Right? They got worse at shortstop but got better where they needed to, and it got them a World Series. It is. You can't argue that he was in the final year of his contract and they weren't going to re-sign him. He was a two-time AL batting champion, and all of a sudden they said sayonara. Those type of moves help win your World Series. I said repeatedly, I enjoy GMs who go all in. I enjoy GMs who take super risks. And Anthopolis is that guy. I'm not saying you have to agree with it right now. Just think about it because things are going to change. They're not going to – the Braves are going to have another slump at some point. Why? Because baseball does that to you. And the Mets will have another shot up. Why? Because baseball does that to you. Don't think about right now. Think about what it takes to get through the postseason. All right, coming up next – uh, the Pac-12 is on severe life support. Big 12, looking to poach away some big names. But I'm going to save the Pac-12 in the ACC. I'll tell you how I'm going to do that next. But first, a word from our friends at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile is the largest online retailer certified diamonds and fine jewelry. The company offers a superior experience for purchasing engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry provided by expert guidance, uh, In-depth in in educational methods and unique online tools that place consumer in control of the jewelry shopping process, Blue Nile is some of the highest quality standards in the industry and offers thousands of independently certified diamonds and fine jewelry at prices significantly below traditional retail value. Blue Nile can be found online at BlueNile.com. They are the original online jewelers since 1999. They've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring, and they are committed to ensuring that the highest ethical standards are observed sourcing diamonds and jewelry. Again, BlueNile.com. All right, I'll fix college football coming up next right here on A to Z, on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. You search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Zitto. Of course, follow us at Locked On ATL. We'll get into the Atlanta Hawks. A lot of wheeling and dealing done. Uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to see uh, when and if at this point John Collins gets moved, of course, where will Kevin Durant land and how will that change things? And is the name that was been bandied about with the Atlanta Hawks that I think is not as bad as people want it to be. We'll get to that coming up. This segment brought to you by our friends at Arcade One Up. Uh, but let's turn our attention to college football because it is interesting to note, uh, and all this happened while I was away, by the way, which was just which crazy, man. It was like all of a sudden the entire world turned upside down while I was on vacation. I did one of those things where I completely detached. I unplugged, man. I had no uh, no, no qualms whatsoever about getting away from everything. Heck, I didn't even place a bet the entire time I was away. What does that tell you? So, um, nonetheless, I come back and I find out that it looks like the uh, Big 12 is trying to poach six major names from the Pac-12 uh, and, and change the scope of their conference um, and – Of those six schools, um, you you talk about three major ones in Oregon, Utah, and Washington, and then, of course, Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado. So the Big 12, after we see two schools leave for the Big 10, now what you have here is you have an ACC that's on the outside looking in and a Pac-12 that could be seriously defunct as a conference. Um, Because if you lose those six schools, what you have left is not enough to float. And you would look at the Pac-12 becoming a – from going from a power five to a group of six, would it be now kind of school? But I have a plan that's going to save them, sa- save the Pac twelve and the ACC both. And and honestly, there's a huge part of me. And I preface all this by saying that one, I always felt like this was coming, that there was going to be four super conferences made, sixteen teams each, uh, and they were going to push out the rest of them to do whatever they want, and that was going to be the crux of college football. And what you were going to get coupled with that is um, a definitive automatic bid to the college football playoff from each of those conference winners and uh, uh, an expansion of the college football playoff, right? Like all that is there. I kind of wish that somebody would come along. I kind of wish that there was another live backer. Maybe Elon Musk should like not buy Twitter and instead just back his own college football league and take it away from the NCAA. I honestly feel like this would be the best. You create four super conferences Okay. Y- you make sure you buy up the TV rights in the future. And that's the big thing because that's where all this is coming from. All this is coming from TV revenue. Follow the money and it tells you exactly where this goes. All this is coming from TV revenue. Now, um, ESPN and Fox have already locked up their rights to respective conferences in the SEC and the Big Ten. ESPN also has the college football playoff, I think, through 2026. Um, and they want to extend that, I think, into the 30s. And obviously they do for a variety of reasons. But imagine somebody else could come in and buy that television contract out. And then you'd create these four super conferences, and you could expand the college football playoff all in the same breath and get it all knocked out and all done. And you pull it away from the NCAA, who is basically useless. All they are is a cash machine at this point in time. Money goes in, money goes out. Money goes in, money goes out. So I I would love for something like that to happen. But what I think more than anything um, is the way to keep the power fives being a power five um is to really get down to a power four. And the ACC and the Pac-12 would do each other well to make sure that they stay relevant. And the way they stay relevant is join forces. They have to come up with a with a with a conference that matches everybody else from a football standpoint, a basketball standpoint, and a TV standpoint. And here's what I would propose because in this whole idea of being poached if i was the pac-12 and i'm the pac-12 commissioner you only need to be talking to three schools right now oregon utah and washington that's it those are the only three schools you need to be concerned with everybody else can leave everybody else can go you don't care see you that's those are the schools that they need to be looking at and talking to if they can save those three schools and tell the big 12 take anybody else you want Take anybody, please. Take anybody else you want. I don't care what other six schools you want. You could you take those six and be perfectly, perfectly happy. I mean, see, sorry, take anybody but those three, and I'll be perfectly, perfectly happy. But let's get creative and do some wheeling and dealing here because the Pac-12 ACC combo that I could pull off, ready? Gets you 12 teams right now. And if you'd like to go to 14, you can. But let's just say at 12 teams. Okay, If you keep Oregon, Washington, and Utah, okay, those three are important. From the ACC, these are the teams that you take, and these are six teams that you take that uh, um, are important. You take Clemson, FSU, Pittsburgh, Miami, UNC, and NC State. And you're really only asking for UNC and NC State for the Charlotte market. That's really what you want. That's a market that's big enough that people care about um, and I know neither one of those schools is actually in Charlotte, but it's one that they care about. And then what you do in allowing the Big 12 to take whoever else they want, you ask for two things in return. I want two things in return. Texas Tech and TCU. Take a, whatever schools you want. Give us Texas Tech and TCU back. Why? Because you need Texas markets because it's college football, particularly TCU in Dallas. And then, oh, by the way, in order to, to get you the 12th team, Go poach Houston from Conference USA because you want the Houston market. Done. So your conference would look like Oregon, Washington, Utah, Texas Tech, TCU, Houston. That's your Western division. Your Eastern division, Clemson, Florida State, Pittsburgh, Miami, UNC, NC State. Now, those are 12 teams. You could argue that the ACC would say, I don't want to give up from a basketball standpoint, UNC, because UNC do fine, fine. My argument then would be, my argument then would be, okay, keep UNC, give me Georgia Tech just simply for the Atlanta market. Not that Georgia Tech is necessarily a huge television draw here, but still, in the Atlanta market, when Georgia Tech goes to play Oregon, people will watch, right? When they play Utah, people will watch. Like Those are going to be games that are going to have eyeballs drawn on them. And, oh, by the way, if you really wanted to, you could expand this to 14 and take Oregon State along with Oregon if the Big 12 doesn't want them and then give me one more ACC school, pick whoever you really want at that point in time. I'm not sure that it really matters. There's not a lot of large markets left that are viable. I mean, again, if if UNC would stay, then take Georgia Tech just because it's an Atlanta market. But that's how you save it. That That's your fourth conference right there. That, to me, seems like a viable option for the conference and what it does but there's more to this and and i'll get to that in a second first the words from our friends at arcade one up boom shakalaka big news the one and only nba jam is back arcade One up the leader in home retro arcade games is not only bringing the best game ever back but they've made it bigger than ever with a wait for it shack edition machine you can jump clear across the court, set the ball on fire. One of the first sports games to ever feature real and digitized NBA licensed teams. No fouls, no free throws, no quarters required. Compete with friends and family through all the new Wi Fi leaderboards, making you more connected than ever. Pre order now from arcade1up.com. That's arcade the number one up.com. For an estimated early September shift date, Arcade 1up is the place for fun. They've got even more classics like Golden Team Mortal Kombat and many others starting at just three. 99 check this out now they are giving away the an nba jam shack edition to a locked on listener enter for a chance to win the game console for your man cave at arcade one up.com slash locked on that's arcade the number one up.com slash locked on you've got till july 8th to enter to win an nba jam shack edition console don't miss out today enter today who you're gonna play with hopefully these four conferences uh We'll start to play with each other. And, and if you're going to do an automatic bid, it's fair that you do four conferences for four bids, and that precedes expansion. And I'm not a fan of college football playoff expansion, but I think that it is super important that if you're going to uh, set some sort of parameters like that, then you, if you're going to expand, you have to have some more objective grounds for people to get in. Because theoretically, you could expand to eight teams. You give four uh, division winners. You can give two at-large bids for uh, power four schools, right, from the four main conferences, wild cards, if you will. Give two more bids there and then two more group of five bids, and you're done. And I think that's enough. You get to watch a group of five bids get their ass kicked because that's what happens when they play big schools. Just something to think about. It's all there for you. All right, coming up next, what is there for the Atlanta Hawks and the rest of the Eastern Conference? A lot will change. We'll tell you that coming up next right here on A to Z, on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. search Locked On Sports Atlanta. We'll be right back. It is A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Final segment of the show brought to you by our good friends at Coffee AM as we turn our attention to the Atlanta Hawks and all they have going on. There are a lot of moving pieces right now in the NBA, the biggest of which is what looks like Kevin Durant on the move to somewhere, and we don't even know at this point in time. Our good friend Chris Kirshner of The Athletic put the Hawks' depth chart up uh, right now as it stands. Trey Young at the point, Deontay Murray at the shooting guard, DeAndre Hunter at small forward, John Collins at the power forward, and Clint Capella at center. Um, your second team, your backups, you move Murray over to point guard, Bogey comes in at shooting guard, Justin Holliday at small forward, Jalen Johnson at power forward, and Onyeka uh, Okongwu is the backup center. So, And you notice A.J. Griffin is not part of that yet, and he's not going to be. And, and I would temper your expectations of what you think A.J. Griffin is going to be able to offer as a rookie. We don't really know yet. We have, we have a lot of time to figure that out, but you know, there is a certain amount of uh, we have to sort of figure this out first um, and, and what everybody else is. And plus, you know, how much A.J. Griffin uh, will play me, depending on whether John Collins is here or not and what that looks like going forward. So um, I am curious to see if the Hawks now have pivoted and are willing to keep John Collins in a Hawks uniform. And, and, and I do hope that's true. I really do. Like, I, I genuinely hope that that is true, and that there is a certain amount of uh, him and Trey sticking together may be best for the long term uh, with the team. Rudy Gobert is now gone. That trade is done. He's not coming here. And the Hawks may have waited too long to execute a trade that they wanted to or, based off of what they've already given up, say we don't have anything else to package and we're not going to get enough in return uh, for Collins that we don't want to move him at this point in time. And I think all that's fair. But I just don't think it, it makes sense for... Um, you know, the the hawks to still push for John Collins to be traded. At, at the end of the day, like, what is so bad about John Collins? What what are you telling me is the flaw in John Collins? Oh, he doesn't show up in playoff games. Dear Lord, can we stop? The Hawks have been a playoff team for two years. Stop. Okay, like that's the equivalent of, of us writing the narrative that. Well, Lamar Jackson kind of sucks in the playoffs. He's choked a lot. I mean, he's been in the playoffs twice. I don't, What do you want me to tell you, right? Like, this is not a, uh, a, a big enough sample size to say that, that he's not a good playoff player. Uh, and this year, I wouldn't even count because the guy was injured. So I, I don't know, you know, if you're looking for big moments, I know they hit you in the face, but... You know, sometimes you don't have to look for big moments to know the quality of a player. Uh, And and the aforementioned Dansby Swanson, I don't recall a lot of huge Dansby moments. I recall some really good ones. I don't recall a lot of huge ones. But for some reason, again, it's like, well, we haven't talked about shipping him out of town. So why would we? we? We could... We, we've talked about John Collins being out here for a while now, and I'm kind of used to it, and I've kind of sold myself on the idea that it's going to happen. So, yeah, let's let's just get rid of John Collins because he's not that good. Like, you talk yourself into the idea that he's not that good, um, and, and I think he is. I, I think he's worth keeping. I, I, I think that you are. He is not the problem with the Hawks. Um, he's He's the defender that the Hawks definitely need. He's a wing player that they definitely need. He's a shooter. He's a scorer. He's a 20-10 guy. What What more do you need to know? I don't want to argue about his contract and what he's worth and everything else because there are some outlandish NBA contracts out there and always have been. So I'm not even sweating that. What I am saying here is that uh, I think he's more part of the solution than the problem. Uh, and And, look, if Kevin Durant ends up in Philadelphia, you're screwed regardless. Right, because you're not winning the East. Just, if he if he stays in the Eastern Conference and pairs with Philadelphia, if that's the rumor that's out there uh, and how it goes, you know, yeah, yeah. Welcome to second place between Boston, Philadelphia, and Milwaukee. Y- you know, you're, you're at best at very, very, very best, and you still might not be better than Miami, even though I lost B.J. Tucker. At best, you're the fifth seed, maybe the fourth. So, be done with that. I do tell you there is one player that has intrigued me that in the, in the round Robin of the Kevin Durant trade has ended up with the Atlanta Hawks. And I think it's very intriguing and I kind of like it, but first a word from our friends at coffee AM, folks just had my cup of coffee. AM this morning, this is a locally Atlanta based coffee company, small batch roaster. uh, And it's just phenomenal. Um, You know, I'm a big coffee drinker. I need my cup of coffee in the morning and coffee a.m is absolutely fantastic the best small batch coffee roaster in America uh, freshest coffee you can get folks most of their coffees are roasted and shipped the same day or close to it a high level of quality they only roast current crop and specialty grade coffee a huge selection coffees all over the world man like i, I you know i got coffees from sumatra from kenya like places you'd never think these things were Fantastic. And they're organic, fair trade, direct trade, expertly crafted blends, espressos, flavored coffees as well, gourmet teas and more. And again, roasted right here in your backyard in Atlanta. Go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on today. Take a full look at their menu of coffees, teas, and gift sets. That's coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Use the coupon code locked on to get 15% off at checkout on your first order of coffee, teas, and gift sets. Coffeeam, the best small batch coffee roaster in america okay a name that i think is going to be very worthwhile if uh there's a possibility of him coming to atlanta and you know the idea that people don't want this player here is weird to me because he addresses and fixes a specific problem that the hawks absolutely need and that's ben simmons the answer the the question is this does ben simmons make you markedly better on defense what is the answer it's yes i know the contract numbers and everything else and he's on a rookie max and trade's on a rookie max, and cannot even work? forget that for a second because the bigger picture question is what is going to make you better in the east what is going to catapult you forward in the east and the number one thing that's going to catapult you forward is defense i've heard people say well i don't really like his scoring and he's not a great shooter and then i'm sorry at what point did the hawks need more scoring They were a top five offense in the nba They were the, the, the second best three-point shooting team in the nba what where do we need more offense you don't i don't care about ben simmons offense i want him on the court for 18 20 minutes a game to play defense oh well, you're paying him too much just to play defense not my problem that's so, i mean look does he make you markedly better on the defensive end The answer is yes. Whatever you get from offense is a plus. There there are dozens of players who are offensively better than Clint Capella. Did he make you better defensively? Yes. That's why he's here. Period. If you'd like to increase your position in the Eastern Conference, if you'd like to be better in the Eastern Conference, while your defense doesn't have to be Boston and and Miami level good, like they were this year, two of the top four teams in the NBA – Yeah, you'd like to get it around Milwaukee good. You'd like to get it around Philadelphia good. I think they were seventh this year when it was all said and done. Um, You'd like to crack the top 15. Get me out of twenty-sixth. What would be the reason to not want all the antics and this, that, and the other? Folks, you know what? The other reason to bring Ben Simmons here? Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan. Has he had a coach like Nate McMillan yet? I don't think so. I mean, Nate McMillan elevated Trey. He made Trey a better player all around and got Trey to operate at a different level. Why? Because he liked it. But this is a guy that has been a two-time NBA all-defensive first team. End of sentence. Full stop. Good enough for me. Good enough for me. Whatever you get offensively, fine. I am not worried about that. What what I get from him defensively is enough for me to look at this team and go, yeah, I think he 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 makes you that much better, that much better. And in fairness, again, you know, Ben Simmons has not really had a level of coaching era, um, you know, that he needed to have. That's really part of it. that. That really is a big big part of it. Um, and, and if Nate McMillan can do anything to make Ben Simmons more comfortable, to make him a more complete par- player, I believe he can, then I think it's absolutely worth it for him to be here. All right. That does it for us today here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta back tomorrow. You guys have a great day. Don't do take a crap from anybody. See ya.